Hello, GPPR's senior interview editor, Kevin Barslow here. In this mini-episode of the podcast, I interview panelists from the Social Innovation Panel from the Georgetown University Latin American Conference. I speak with Rodolfo Prieto, co-founder and educations director at Laboratoria, a social enterprise that empowers young women from low-income backgrounds by giving them access to education and work in digital development. I then speak with Nate Radomski, development specialist at FEI Algeria, one of the largest and oldest education networks in Latin America and the Caribbean. Nate is currently working on the Friends of FEI Algeria initiative, which seeks to find innovative alliances for the organization. Finally, I talk with Brian McNair, executive director of World Central Kitchen, an international social enterprise that seeks to find creative solutions to hunger and poverty through local programs promoting health, education, and jobs. In general, how does your organization interact with both the private and government sectors? And how important are these sectors uh, to achieve the objectives of your organization? I mean, I think they're both really, really relevant. In our case, uh, we have a relationship with them both in terms of fundraising. Uh, a lot of, uh, for example, the fundraising that we've had is from government uh, entities. And also we have had uh, like a lot of backing from uh, private entities as well. And in terms of, of our relationship with the private sector, it's it's really important because we serve them. I mean, we essentially, uh, they hire our, our graduates. So we, we have like a network of 200 uh, companies that we, that we you know, we serve and they hire and they build uh, input into the curriculum. So they, they tell us, look, we need developers that know this, this and that, and we build that into the curriculum. So I think it's really, really close. With government, it, obviously, it's more like on a fundraising side of it. As, as governments start to develop more technology and use more code, do you feel that there's going to be more of a government pipeline as I well? I hope so, yeah. I think that um, one of the key things that's going to happen, I, I see in the next 10, 15 years, is what they are calling like the digital transformations. Like every business is going to be a digital business eventually. Uh, it's just a matter of time. And I think the government is right, right there. And I think that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping... Uh, to see like our graduates going to work in in digital transformation for government. I mean, these girls come with uh, they know what you know government should provide. They they're like the ones that that really struggle with all the main problems. So they empathize a lot and they have these really cool ideas on on how government should work. And actually, one of the things that we want to do right right away, like next year, is like run these hackathons where we have like okay ideas to improve the gov- how government serves the public and have them develop these so i think it's it's going to be an interesting way and i hope so because you know it's going to be it's going to be like a great mix you know having laboratoria graduates go out there and 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 transform digitally their governments awesome gracias fana so how do you adapt your projects to uh, different socioeconomic contexts? Well, I think the first thing we do is we, we from the start, our projects are based on the need, the local need. And so whenever we go to start a new program or project, we take we first consult with local community leaders, uh, government officials as well, to see what is the problem that we need to address. So in Central America, for example, we're focused on citizenship and peace. 
and in Brazil it's not formal education. In Venezuela right now it's unfortunately hunger because a lot of school kids in school don't have they have maybe one meal a day. So uh, with the cultural aspect as well, what are some of the most important kind of lessons you've learned in like working in a lot of different cultures? Uh, I think the first thing is just to listen. Um, you know, I'm not a native Spanish speaker and watching even people in my office who someone's from Bolivia, someone's from Venezuela, there's even miscommunication when they both speaking Spanish because there's different forms to communicate and express. And so I think just listening and trying to understand from where the person is coming from. And then just final rapid question. Um, what do you see as like the biggest drivers of social innovation moving forward? Uh, in education, I think the biggest driver is just necessity. We have to innovate because I think every day it's more and more expensive to educate. And so we have to find innovative and cost-effective ways to implement programs that have real impact. Thank you. Thank you, Nate. Yeah, of course. Appreciate it. In general, how does your organization interact with, uh, like, the private and government sectors? And um, how, are the, how do these interactions sort of, like, shape your organization's goal and mission? I'm a big fan of funding things privately. Um, I don't really want to plug into the international development norms, which is IDB, World Bank, and all of that. That being said, I've learned also that that is a large portion of what's available in, in, in the funding world. Um, so it actually has shaped our organization to the point where we are putting out the message that we are chefs and we have very strong programs. So if you're a large NGO that bids on USAID, World Bank, IDB kind of grants, you can contract us for our piece of the pie, which could be culinary training, clean cook stoves, food safety sanitation training. So whatever the, is the piece that we do, which is seen through the eyes of a chef, that is our unique niche, you can contract for us. So I don't mind being involved in that funding. I just don't really have the staff or the time to bid on it myself. That makes sense. So would you say then that adaptability is kind of one of your organization's biggest strengths in terms of that? Oh yeah, we have to, in terms of everything, we have to adapt on the ground and, and culturally we have to adapt on the ground when, because our industry is food and everything changes. Um, but we're, we're definitely adapting as far as the larger project goes because people do want the chef expertise. So where we may have had small projects in the past, we're starting to get called to do larger, bigger projects. And I think those larger, bigger projects are going to need the larger funding. So we'll be part of it with someone else. Uh, thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the GPPR podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you're interested in more, check out gppreview.com, our Facebook page, GPP Review, and our Twitter, at GP Policy Review.